Hey guys, it's Devin. Um, Brandon is not here yet. Uh, it's a serial dawdler, so it's not a big surprise. So today on the show, uh, hey, is somebody there? Hey, who is that? Who is that? Hey, wh- what are you doing with that knife? No, no! <laughs> Don't stab me with a knife in my stomach. Like I hate that. Oh, this sucks. This sucks so much. As the conversation turns to the early 1980s and our mobile panelists take aim at some of their favorite films of the era, they aren't yet aware of the horrors that await them. So as the darkness closes in, and they become the targets, who will escape from? Slasherfest. And they're hungry. It's nice. To see. It's just nice to watch now. All right. Speaking of fast and hungry, you want to get into this? Yep, yep. All right. So this is Jesse. Welcome to Prime Time, bitch. That's East. Good evening. This is Trevor. Howdy. I'm Brandon. And it's day two of our Slasher Fest. Now the gloves come off in this one, gentlemen. We can actually talk about whatever we want. I'm not going to drive the show in any direction. No fucking bullshit. I do want to focus more so on the golden era, particularly you know the films that uh, that came out in the early part of the '80s. Um, let's say '80 to '84 or '85 kind of thing. But you know whatever you want to talk about, it's open uh, for whatever discussion you want. Um, before we get started. Uh, Trevor from Terror in Toronto is joining us. Uh, thank you again for hanging out with us, Trevor. Oh, this is fun. I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, man. I, I wanted you on for some time, as I said in the last episode. It's great to have you here finally. I use your site as a resource. When I want to go out and see a scary movie, can you tell us a little bit about your website for, for Torontonians and, and for people visiting the city, how they can utilize your website and utilize... Uh, um, you on social utilize you on social media um ooh. but especially right now with toronto after dark going on it's a it's a great time to be using terrantoronto.com because obviously you've got like i've been reading a ton of in, of uh, reviews off your website so it's it's been it's been exciting um well toronto uh Terran toronto is essentially a place where you can go and see a listing of all the events uh horror and genre related events going on in the city uh throughout the year uh but especially during halloween because almost every theater uh even there's a lot of bars people have different events running yep. in, in a, a drinking uh events where <laughs> they have drinking games uh during screenings and there there's a uh, horror convention horror ram is going on right now well it was on mm-hmm. i guess now that you're listening to this um <laughs> uh but uh, essentially it's the one place that you can go and just find out where everything is going on and uh i made it essentially because uh i was looking for a site that did that and it didn't exist um so i'm on twitter at Terran toronto and uh i i uh, tweet about uh, the different uh festivals going on there's actually three horror conventions coming up in november alone oh wow um uh, so if you want to find out what's going on, check it out there. Right on. 
East, what do you have going on right now, my friend? Anything exciting over at uh, Drunk Power? You got any shows coming up? I know you just uh, played at Sneaky D's, and I missed the show because I went to Halloween. I mentioned that in the last episode. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I really do want to see the Jays soon. It's all good. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jays played last night. Uh, we're actually just going to be going into recording uh, coming up. Um, but as for DWP, uh, now that Tommy's moved... Um, we actually got a new place. We actually got a full-on place where we're going to be recording. It's not going to be going back and forth. And uh, we invested in some film equipment. And uh, so soon coming out, you're, we're going to have segments and like an after show with little bits and like one-minute videos that you'll be able to catch. Cool. Sweet. So it's exciting time with the Drunk We're Boys. Drunk the Drunk with Powers? The Drunk <laughs> with Powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Jesse, what do you got going on, my friend? Uh, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh Check out our website, hotwagonfilms.com. Got a few shorts and little documentaries and things on there, and uh, there should be more coming soon. Sweet. And I'm not doing anything other than normal sleep played recently, but, you know, we haven't got anything coming up. Although we might do a Christmas record, another uh, North uh, is Dying Part 2, you know, awesome. something like that. Maybe. We'll see. Um, before we get started, I mentioned when we were talking outside between taping the first episode in this episode, I forgot to mention in the Halloween episode that I had seen an interview with uh, John Carpenter, because uh, there's a lot of talk with him where he, he says that, you know, he very much envisioned his career as being like he wanted to shoot like Westerns, for example, and things like that, and uh, that he borrowed a lot from the uh, Yul Brenner uh film, and I say Yul Brenner because of the character that he borrowed from, uh, Westworld, which just had a TV show that came out recently. I know, Jesse, you're a big fan of it, and and Devin's really into it now, too. Um, The character of the gunslinger was a a little bit of a basis for the um, idea of the Michael Myers character, or the shape, uh, which is interesting. Very cool. And I forgot to mention that, so I wanted to throw that out there real quick before we get started. I also wanted to mention, because you just reminded me Trevor, uh, because you mentioned that sometimes there are screenings at bars around the city. If you're on the East End on the 30th of October, um, our friend Alex West over at the Faculty of Horror podcast, who was just on for the Stephen King episode, she's doing a night over at Hitch on the 30th where they're screening uh, Trick or Treat, um, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, and uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. So, which we may talk a little bit about. Um, yeah, so that might be fun. If you guys are on the East End, you want to swing by Hitch, have a few drinks, hang out with Alex. Um, she's hosting that night over there. So, something to add to your calendar if mm-hmm. you're interested. And also check out their podcast as well, The Faculty of Horror. Because um, the Stephen King show is great. so much fun. Um, and let's get into it. All right. Gentlemen. Now, <clears throat> everyone's got their favorites from the the 80s slasher um and it's so interesting because it always varies like there's that a level so to speak a level of b movies whatever yeah, no you're not wrong um <laughs> like the friday the 13th like the nightmare on elm streets like the halloweens and so forth that have almost culturally uh, or are culturally culturally transcendental i don't know why i'm having so much trouble saying that um and then there are others that are that are a little bit more niche, and I I find I'm personally more connected to a lot of those. I'm not a big fan of a lot of the franchise stuff because I find it wears on me after time. But I'm curious for you guys if any particular films, particularly from that that first 
part of the decade. Uh, now that the genre has been kind of solidified as a subgenre of the horror, uh, you know, um, uh, genre. Mm. I've said genre so many times here, but uh, and and it's and it's strong, and they're pumping out films like every week. You can go to the drive-in, go to the theater, and see slasher mm. flicks. If any in particular stand out for you, I'd like to start with just an open conversation on some of our favorites. I'd like to go a little more open with this episode because we had no fun in the last episode, <laughs> just like holding back. Oh, don't talk about that. So let's have some fun. Have at it. Yeah, and just talk about shit. Uh, like downstairs, people. we were talking about Sleepaway Camp. Damn it. And yeah, I, I was going to go there. I would love to talk about Sleepaway Camp. Let's do it. Well, it's 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 great. <laughs> like, oh, man. I, uh, first time I watched that movie, I was hanging out with... Um, uh, Kire, who you know, and like uh, pretty much the guys in this band, the Dildonics, and my brother, we all grew up together. And when I was living in the beaches, we used to literally just get together and knock out really weird old school horror movies. Um, and one of them was Sleepaway Camp. And I had to be at work uh, for, I think it was 4.40 in the morning. And we start this thing at midnight. And I just didn't go to bed that night because... Um, we're going to do a spoiler alert, because you can't talk about Sleepaway Camp without really talking about the... Uh... Yeah, let's put a spoiler alert on the whole episode, I guess. I don't know. We'll try not to ruin too many endings of films, but... we got to talk this, about this one. Yeah, though, in this particular <laughs> instance, so we, we have to. Cause, so, yeah, because... Like, just so, skip ahead five minutes or so if you don't want to hear this. Yeah, because with Sleepaway Camp, it was like, you watch it and you're just kind of like, this is kind of like a... It's kind of shitty. It's kind of generic, you it's know. It's really generic. It's beyond kind of shitty. Yeah. It's really shitty. It's really <laughs> shitty. And then there's, like, the uh, the flashback scenes, which look like they're shot on a totally different camera. Um, and those flashback scenes are just weird. Yeah. Like, like yeah. There's a gay subplot that her father was, like, homosexual and could, the mother didn't know about it or something. It's like, well, this has nothing to do with the film, but I know. it kind of does. And then at the end, it's, like, mm. it's one of those things where it's, like, the movie is batshit, but the ending makes everything, makes so much sense, and it's mind-blowing because I did not expect that girl to have a penis. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Fuck it. We of said course. it. No, no, we, we were going to say the, it. The, um... I disagree that that film is like shitty throughout until that point. I don't know. It's good, but it's it's, it's campy it's, as yeah, all hell. It's campy, and some of the kills are good. And like you're you're yeah. root, you're. I didn't hear the, like the thing was. I love the under the boat kill. That's oh, a good one. Oh, yeah. it's you. The first kill of the film. Yeah, and uh, the arrow through the neck is uh, pretty sweet. One of my favorites, yeah. which they ripped off in the new Friday the third the like the. Uh, no, that's in the first Friday. That's the Kevin Bacon kill. Yeah, there's the Kevin Bacon kill, but they also that's um, under the bed. It also yeah, it's got. Under the um, bed. Ripped off in the remake when that girl is going through the tunnel and she gets the arrow right there. Um, but anyway, uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking about some yeah. of my favorite scenes. I also love that the the the, the uh, cousin or bro- like adopted brother or whatever yeah. the situation is just swearing at everybody. He's supposed to be what like fifteen years old yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's got a mouth on him like a truck driver. Yeah. And I can say that. Yeah, I'm I'm allowed to say that. You're allowed that. to say that. Uh, just cursing like nobody's business, like a sailor or something. It's fantastic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Just watching this movie recently, I um, I forgot about the pedophile. The pedophile cook. The pedophile yeah. cook. Yeah. That's and he's just like talking to his coworker just nonchalantly. He's like, I love baldies, you know? It's like, yeah, he's oh. like, oh, the fresh meat coming off the bus. And, and like... The people around are like, oh, there he goes again, that pedophile cook. I think he's up to no good. Yeah, and which I kind of think they um, uh, 
took from a oh, what's that comedy movie? But camp with everybody. Meatballs? No, 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 no. It's a. It came out. Uh, the they did a show of it on Netflix. Oh, Wet Hot uh, American wet, Summer. Yes. Yeah, Wet Hot American. Like I honestly think that the the idea for the cook in the movie is almost like a ripoff of the guy from Sleepaway Camp. It that's has the way to be. I. That's the way I was looking at it. And, yeah, just, no. and just the style, like when they're playing that baseball game, and all the guys are wearing crop tops and like short shorts and yeah. stuff. Like, oh yeah, that's great. That's one of my favorite that's scenes of that movie. It's like, what, what are we looking at? But here? like, the one thing I also liked about Sleepaway Camp was, as weird as it was, you're also because the people that get iced off are so shitty. So well, yeah, you want that pedophile so, cook to get killed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, everybody that dies, you're rude for. It. And then when it happens at the end, you're just like, oh, it is a pretty sweet kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The oh, boiling man. water and all that stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, I love the. Uh, my favorite is still like just the shower, the shower scene with the with like. Oh, it with, turns on the uh, the real mean chick. Yeah, mm. the fucking. Oh, I wanted to mention um, the. Uh, uh, this isn't the only film that kind of deals in casual pedophilia. We were just talking about Halloween, and I still have not thought of that fucking kid's name. Is it Lindsay? The girl? Is that who it is? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, in any case. Um, because I'm, I'm like now scrolling through the IMDb like an idiot. I saw this film yesterday for fuck's sake. Uh, but in any case, the uh, the boyfriend when when uh, when PJ Soul's character, whose name I've also for Linda, when she's like, totally uh, when when they're in the van outside of the the house and they're like, okay, we got to go in, we got to be, you know, we got to hang out with the kid and blah, blah blah for a few minutes and then go upstairs in the first bedroom on the left and gives this whole breakdown and the boyfriend's like. Uh, Okay, so we go in, or she's like, you got it, and he repeats back. We go in, I take your clothes off, you take my clothes off, then we take, and he says the kid's clothes off, whatever the kid's name is, oh, and, and nobody fucking bats an eye at that shit. Um, but yeah, in any case, that's all I wanted to say. It was uh, a right. different time yeah. in the 80s. I mean, you see all sorts of things all in these slasher films that's just like, no no one pays attention to it. It's mm-hmm. like completely normal. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. Sleepaway Camp also has a it it has a, a few well it has some great kills. The only one that I really dislike is is the um the beehive thing through the bathroom window. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that, but I love the shower kill. I uh one of my that's probably one of my that's why I've been waiting so long to talk about this movie. Yeah. I think that's a great kill. Um and I think it's really emotional cuz it's one of those ones that you can almost feel like yeah, you feel man. it go through your fucking back when you're watching it, yeah. mm-hmm. and you feel for that girl, you know. Although she's fucking bitch, to mm-hmm. <laughs> still bitch ain't coming. Yeah, no, it doesn't make it any easier. Which again is exactly what you wanted of that sort of movie, because mm-hmm. like in that particular case, in the case of the victim, like you, if you see it through the perspective of the killer, if you're sitting in the audience and you're relating to the killer in that moment, um, not knowing the motivation, not knowing any of these things, um, then you then you feel terrible. And if you're in the audience and you, f- you, you see it from this perspective or you relate from the perspective of being in the shower and how terrifying that would be, then you, you literally do almost like feel that knife dig into your back as campy and goofy as that film is. It's like, there's, there's, there's moments like that that make you emote. It's, and it's, it's irrelevant of how well, or how well the film is shot is irrelevant. Um, and, and these sorts of things that they don't matter. I also like how much l- they work in the daylight. Like another film that we're probably going to get into today is The Burning. And I also, as, as much as there are, are 
shortcomings and good things about both of these films i like how both of them operate predominantly in the daylight because it's very very hard to make a horror movie work in the daylight no for sure it's like um uh, which halloween was it was a halloween five there's a couple of daytime kills which were just like brutal yeah but you watch but sleepaway camp was the one for me that i was like Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. you know trevor any thoughts on sleepaway camp uh sleepaway camp um you know, there, there's one scene in particular where um, one of the young, young count, uh, camp counselors is very excited to be going on a date with the really old guy that runs it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, oh, this is creepier than the people getting killed. Um, uh, and the while the kills are cool and i i really like the the arrow um the blood in it is very bright red and very it bright sort of red, yeah. it sort of takes you away from it like it yeah, definitely feels what, fake oh for sure that's that was the thing that's why when you're watching sleepaway camp you're like what is this and then um just how it comes together literally it's you're just kind of like it's it is all worth it for that it's last sleep, 5 minutes it, yeah it's yeah did you guys know the ending before you I saw it? Did because not know the no, ending, no, really, no, I didn't. I, really, because I, I, I just always knew it as that movie with the the girl with the dick. I, I never, uh, I never heard, I never heard of it. And when I'm there watching it, all Kira and Brando were saying, "Was you ever seen Sleepaway Camp?" Oh man! And then I, it was, I was thinking about it. Not all me, night. just for the record. Yeah, no. sorry. Um, I just, yeah, it was such a total surprise. You know, I um, I had watched it with two of my roommates one time. And halfway through, they kept saying, oh, this movie's bullshit. I don't want to keep watching it. I'm like, oh, keep watching it. Keep watching it. And then when that ending happened, for people who haven't seen it, basically, it turns out that this little girl is the murderer. And she's, and she's actually a boy. She was... She was the son. She was adopted by this crazy woman mm-hmm. that was like, oh, why, you look much better as a girl. And she was raised as a girl. And at the last shot, it pans out, and there's this little girl with a penis. And the one of the counselor is like, oh, my God, she's a boy. And it, if you don't know that's coming, it's such a shock. Because that's not something you expect to see in a horror movie. But even, but even that shot, the shot of, of, yeah, of yeah. the of of uh, the boy uh, with the long hair, mouth drawn, blood, covered in blood, it's hanging, everything's hanging out, and it's just the pan out, and then the freeze, and then the credit roll. When it freezes like, on the credit rolls, that always gives me a chill. Like, oh oh that man, image is so that, creepy. That shot, and then just like the the, the key of the music. Like, that was when it was just, I didn't know it was that type of movie. You know what I mean? It, like, it, like, it sneaks up on you. And I think that's what I, that's why I, I even love it more is because I was almost not even paying attention to it. And then just when you, like, you know, you check out of it, gotcha. Boom. You know, bam. There's a penis. Here's, here's one of the, here's one of the biggest twists I've probably ever seen in a movie, you know. And it would have been tough bit. to film that because they would have had to get a they they had to get someone that was over eighteen that had a small enough frame to look like a, like like a thirteen year old girl. So trying to find the right actor to play that would yeah, just for one scene. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where you would find someone like that, really. mm-hmm. but they did it. Uh, sorry, the soundtrack is actually really good too. Yeah, I I, uh, oh, yeah. I picked up uh, a seven inch from um, the, uh, I think Mondo. Uh, put out like the really the, 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 oh, that'd be cool. the, the main theme to the song which oh. they wrote for it is dope well it's she dope. picks up a seven inch at the end of the movie oh. <laughs> oh. okay quickly uh as a as a side note 
uh, little Canadiana here that's actually very disturbing, so I apologize if any of this bothers you, but have you ever heard of a case in Winnipeg where um, uh, a boy was raised uh, as a girl, had a botched circumcision? Oh, wow. And uh, That was a real botch. Yeah, to raise him as a girl, and he always knew that he was a boy, like, throughout his entire life. Very... uh, I know there's a few books and documentary on it. The, the boy's name is uh, David Reimer, uh, a kid from Winnipeg. I believe he actually went on to commit suicide. Oh, wow. Mm. And uh, that was in, in the 60s. And I wonder um, if if that may have been or given a little of a, uh, a, a jump-off point to... Possibility, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading that book. My mom gave me that book <laughs> when I was a teenager because she had read it and... And she was just, uh, she was fucking destroyed. And then I guess she decided to share that with me. Here you go, young man. Yeah. Here, Read this. Ruin your fucking <laughs> life. Uh, yeah, like, you know, just to be clear, I have nothing against circumcision. Yeah. I'm circumcised. You know, it's fine. Just, nothing, uh, I'm just saying that's a bad, <laughs> bad situation. Like, I, I feel terrible. a little terrible. too far with that one. <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, there's been a couple cases like that. and it's, uh, it's How do you it's, botch that so badly, though? I don't know. I don't want to take us too far off the <laughs> A little bit of alcohol, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. We're definitely cutting at this point. Um, <laughs> one thing that I did want to say that's really, really cool about um, that happened in, like, the, the golden age of the slasher flick, or even just, like, slasher flicks in general, which I love, are the amount of careers that have started <clears throat> in these films. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can get the big ones out of the way you always think of are, you know, Johnny Depp and, you know, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare, Bacon and Friday. You and got then, Jason Alexander in The Burning. got Fisher Stevens in The Burning. And then, yep, you um, also got uh, Patricia Arquette and yeah. Dream Warriors. You have uh, one I'd like to talk about a little bit uh, is, uh, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, is uh, Eyes of a Stranger uh, has um, fucking, uh, we just talked about her last week did, too, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Did it have the song by the Pielos in it? I can't remember. I don't think so. Oh, because that would have been great. Yeah. Uh, another funny one, like a movie that's really bad but had um, two first appearances in it, was uh, Matthew McConaughey and Renee, and Renee Zellweger in oh, I think it was Texas Prom Chainsaw. Night 3. No, yeah. no, or Texas, Texas Chainsaw. Texas three Chainsaw. or 4? Uh, 4. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was fucking... Yeah. I remember the scene when McConaughey pulls up at the pickup truck when he sees her and he's like, so what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually pretty perfect in that. Yeah, like was, it's, he it's, was badass, man. Yeah, it's great. He was good. It's great. Yeah. And isn't George uh, there, Clooney in something as well? I seem to remember. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he looked that up. Mm-hmm. I'll look <laughs> it up when you talk. Okay, uh, Trev's on it. Let's uh, let's transition to another film. Any anyone got one they want to throw out real quick? Any uh, choices of like the big four? No, or? no, anything, anything. anything. From the early 80s. Well, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about the burning. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. So. I'd love to do the burning. And I, I guess that, that makes me think of a larger question. Uh, do you think it was Friday the 13th? Why the summer the camp? Why, why summer camp was a thing? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, too, to hear Sean Cunningham talk about that and talk about the fact that uh, he they needed a situation where the... Um, kids would be away from their parents and would be, you know, kind of enraveled in situations where they could engage in debauchery and, you know, um, kind of adult situations kind of things go off and make their own choices, poor or otherwise, and these sorts Mm. of things. So it's interesting that the summer camp was decided on fairly quickly. And it's interesting, too, that the camp that they used is a Boy Scout camp, and they still do daily tours at it that you can go up and do, like, the Friday the 13th tour, like, of Camp Crystal Lake, but it's not actually called Camp Crystal Lake. The names escape me, but Mm -hmm. you can look it up. 
I believe it's in uh, upstate New York. No, it's in Long. It's on Long Island. Somewhere it? up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. They do have. A, that right? Does that sound right? They do have a Crystal Lake sign though. Do they? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. My buddy, yeah. Uh, my, they, my buddy got his picture taken at it. It says, it says, "Welcome to Crystal Lake." Yeah, like right there on the highway. Yeah, it's to, great to go with it. You know. Yeah, it's great, 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 uh, great for the city too. You know, I imagine the municipality. I suppose in terms of uh, guests and whatnot staying in the city mm-hmm. or town. But yeah, I'd love to talk about the burning a little bit. I really like the burning. Um, I like that they don't. Generally speaking, I'm not as big of a fan of the early slashers that you know who the killer is. I like the whodunit element to it. I really do. Or I like the unstoppable force kind of thing. Um, I don't really like when when you know off the jump that something has happened to you know mutilate a janitor, for example. But this one works so well um, because they just get it out of the way really quick. It doesn't matter. You know, the one scene happens, the burning, if you will, happens, and then you can move along. And I love that. Um, and then, of course, I think this is some of the best kid dialogue uh, that that exists in that early era. I really do. I, I think that there's something, particularly with the boys, uh, I think when I hear stories of, um, you know, the men in my family that would have been around that age at that time very much seems like those stereotypes. And even my mom, when she talks about it stuff, uh, very much seems like how all of those characters act. I very much like that. I love the scene with uh, with Fisher Stevens, like shooting the, the buff guy in the ass and <laughs> these sorts of things. And I love the, the kid that's a little bit weird. I feel as though that character has become very commonplace in a lot of this nostalgia porn that we are having nowadays where like there's a there's a character like that in Stranger Things and, and mm-hmm. so forth. And so that's interesting. I, I like that term you use, nostalgia porn. I, just, I totally ripped that off from probably Faculty of Horror said that or Danny or somebody said that, but it is a good term. Mm. Works. So I'm going to steal it. Yeah, it's mine now. My show, so I said it. <laughs> That's how it works. Patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one thing I always remember from The Burning is um, just some of the kills were pretty gruesome in that one. There's like a scene where he comes at them on the boat and like just... Oh, the rap scene is legendary. Yeah. I have a story about that. I'll tell just you in a stab, What is it? Garden shears or something? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just stabbing it. Like, then the one dude puts his hand up and just chops the fingers right off. I remember, that's like... I don't, that's Fisher Stevens' that's character. Fisher, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, okay, so my sisters were watching that at my cottage when I was a kid and we only had like... It was a one floor sort of thing and I had to leave my room and to cut through the living room in order to go to the bathroom. And I remember I was cutting through. I was really tired on the way in. I go, I take my leak and I'm like five or six and this is this it, it messed with yeah. me because remember i was cutting through on my way back and i saw that scene and i just remember standing there terrified and look yeah, over, it's a good thing you already went to the bathroom yeah, yeah but i remember I was, ter- I was terrified i remember my sister looks over and just sees me standing there jaw drops and just goes oh shit and she's like only like maybe 13 14 at the time as well um because i was terrified and after that it's like that that scene is still in my head mm. It's little stories like that that got me into horror, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like your whatever experience you had as a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, and 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 sort of the the taboo of of the horror film and sort of sneaking to see something or see some something accidentally, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. sticks with you. Yeah, and, and, like, that, and that's why I have a love for these movies, even though overall they're they're a lot of them are pretty terrible, but you, you know, it's nostalgia. nostalgia oh, right? it's nostalgia, but at the same time, it's like. The amount of work that went into making that terrible movie is so respectable. 
though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. all the work and also on the notion of like the we can do that. Like they see Halloween, they see Friday the Thirteenth. Well, who which also saw Halloween, and uh, mm-hmm. and and they say, well, we can put the money together to do that. A couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah, for you know? sure. So. You know, and the thing I is, concur. as a kid too, is like I knew it was fake. It's just like I hadn't seen anything like that, and that was a lot of killing um, and fingers. Yeah, that scene in particular is just a massacre. Yeah, that's a legendary four scene. people. Yeah, the the uh, knife or the shear through the throat the of the one the cat whose yeah. girlfriend's already gotten it. Yeah, he's pretty uh, sweet. <laughs> ooh, yeah. How does Jason Alexander go out in that film? How does Costanza get? Get I remember. It. I can't remember. He's either. got a luscious, full head of hair, though. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and he's the guy I, I who just gets re- things for people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's always talking about trying to get laid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fisher Stevens. Wow. I, when I when I watched that recently, um, I was shocked to see how young he looked. I know. He's right? like a kid. You know, Jason Alexander looks exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. The last thing that I saw of his, he just had the documentary with Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't think of the name of it right now. And I saw some like press that he was doing for it, mm. and uh, and I was like, oh, okay. That you know, I hadn't really seen him on screen a lot recently and i'm like all right you know still looking pretty good for his age you know uh he's got a family and it's all grown up like and whatnot yeah. compared to what we kind of know him as but he still you know he looks looks like himself as i think of him and then yeah you see him in that film and you're like holy fuck mm-hmm. you know there's probably the guy hasn't hit puberty yet no but yeah it's pretty cool i yeah. love some of that stuff you know going back and seeing like a young johnny dapp and nightmare and stuff like that oh cool. yeah Actually, going back to that, um, George Clooney was in Return to Horror High. Oh. <laughs> very small bit part, apparently, but uh, he's there. Cool. Yeah, what, what year was that? Well, I don't know. Let me check. I'm only wondering, because <laughs> I, I, like, I like doing a comparison of career between like George Clooney and Miguel Ferreira. Because <laughs> they're cousins, and it was like, Miguel was like in RoboCop when George Clooney could barely get a job. And yeah. then all of a sudden, fucking, you know, Miguel's on, you know, fucking Crossing Jordan. And, and he's on ER? Yeah, no, and George Clooney is George Clooney oh, okay. at this point. Like, he's, you know... Interesting. Yeah, it's it's just, it's so funny how, like... 1987. Mm. Yeah, so George Clooney's in a bit you guys part remember this cover? Yeah, yeah. I remember the poster, but I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. so while George Clooney's in that, Miguel Ferreira's saying, you're one bad motherfucker. The, uh... Any other thoughts on the burning before we move along? I like the weapon. Weapon's good. Creative. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Savini actually um, said no to doing Friday the 13th Part 2 in to order do to do the, the burning. burning. Yes. Yeah. He didn't want to be pigeonholed, even though he's essentially doing that's, the same that's his thing. thing. Yes, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I, like, I like the story about Tom Savini. When he came on to uh, Friday the 13th, he was originally supposed to just come to do like a consultation. And he never left. Yeah, and yeah. he just never left. He's like, okay, now we're doing it. <laughs> and like, he was just so into it. And without his gore effects, that movie would not have been what it was. No. He really is the master of. Yeah. Gross, disgusting gore. I watched him tell a story about when he was in the military, because he obviously served in Vietnam, yeah. and it was funny. He talks about when he like uh, when he was leaving, his old drill instructor, who knew he was into makeup, asked him to do him up for a new class of like military recruits coming in mm. with like all kinds of fake scars and oh, like cool. real done up and and he always says like i i don't know how that turned out but it must have been fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've heard him say things like uh i i like to think of myself as an assassin because i go places yeah. and think of interesting kill ways people. to kill people <laughs> yeah i like he seems pretty sweet seems like a fun guy um i've heard that he's not 
quite the nicest uh, yeah. uh, person with his fans. Yeah. Um, but but he's a master artist, and you know he he definitely if there's ever going to be a horror hall of fame, I don't know if it is. He definitely belongs in there. Definitely, mm. it's interesting. Huh. Um. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, prom night. Uh, can we do prom night? We can do prom Shot night. Shot in Scarborough. <laughs> Your neck of the woods. I also wanted to mention, and I wrote it down here, and I got to go back and find it now. Um, there's a great book by a cat from Winnipeg. Actually, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he's working on CBC out there in Winnipeg. Um, really good book. Now, I read it. A long time ago, and a lot of it's dedicated to Cronenberg, but uh, w- which it has a Cronenberg-themed title. I'm trying to think what the fuck. Oh, they came from within a history of Canadian horror. Uh, gentleman's name is Calum Vatstendel. <laughs> All v- right, V A T N D. Yeah, V N V A T N S D A L. Um, and the book's called "They Came from Within," um, and it's. It's a great uh, look back at kind of like the time in the 70s when, when a lot of films were happening or started to happen in Canada because of like a, essentially a tax shelter that, that became available to them, uh, particularly in Toronto. And, um, and how some of these films that are kind of quintessential Canadian horror films are all kind of done up to look like america or whatever and and just talking about uh our so what you end up getting is this almost dreamlike world that's actually lent so much to the aesthetic because it doesn't it seems off and one of the ones that he does talk a little bit about uh is uh prom night he talks about terror train which we're going to talk about in a little bit i hope um another jamie lee curtis and uh he talks about uh black christmas in there there's some really good stuff i really really recommend checking out the book i think i have it around here somewhere i'm not positive but uh great it's a good read really good read mm-hmm. so i recommend it very strongly to anyone who uh, is interested in Canadiana and Canada and their involvement in horror, particularly in what could be considered the golden era of the B-movie, for at least for our generation. I know there was another golden era of B-movies, per se, p- previous with cats like Roger Corman and stuff like that. But Yeah, there's another great uh, website on the internet called Cut Exploitation, yep. um, which uh, always has some great articles mm-hmm. talking about this sort of stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, where are we here? So what the hell are we talking about? Prom, Prom night. night. Prom yeah. Night. I love Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he that's another one. Uh, he's in a couple of horror flicks. Uh but uh yeah, I love him in Prom Night. I think he's great in that film. Um I love the story about um <clears throat> pardon me. I love the story that they basically just like went back and just copied as much as they could from, from Halloween. And then when they found out that Jamie Lee was like interested in doing it, they're like, yeah, okay, perfect. Like get her involved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why is she going to do it with us? You know, why would she want to do that? Yeah. But, uh, which is cool. And I also love the story about, uh, I heard the music, um, or sorry, the, the, the gentleman who scored, uh, the film, uh, talking about how they filmed a lot of the scenes, the dance scenes, uh, with actual like popular disco tunes from the era. Mm-hmm. And the producers of the film went to him and were like, they didn't realize how much it would cost to acquire all these films. So they basically told everyone to fuck off. And then they went to him and were like, all right, look, I want you to make the songs 
close enough that we'll get sued, but not close enough that they'll win. <laughs> and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, that's and awesome. it's funny when you're listening to the score in the film, the original pieces and the dance, particularly original, quote unquote. Uh, you can tell immediately. You know the song. You're like, oh, is that? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> Donna Summers. <laughs> like every time. Yeah. There's a, there, yeah. Exactly. There's a Donna Summers tune in there for sure. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I really like this flick. Uh, I think that opening scene is a little bit too drawn out for me. Like the kids, uh, the the reen or like the the origin is a little bit drawn out for me. I think I don't know. How do you guys feel about I this agree. one? It's like a, it's a good like ten fifteen minutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a little unnecessarily long. Mm. You got to wrap that up a little short. If it was, give it to me like give that to me in like seven five to seven. Yeah, you know it doesn't need to be as long as it was. And I feel like they could have spent more time uh, torturing the uh, the teenagers. Like they, he just made one phone call to each of them, and that's such a great scene with like his shadow on the wall and him banging the pen on the desk and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's so fucking cool, man. That's so menacing. I always remember that scene. I actually put it in our fucking trailer for the episode mm-hmm. before we released the, it. Would be like that we've done for promo coming up to this, mm-hmm. and because I love it, I love that scene. It's so tense. Yeah. I sort of like the long um, backstory because mm-hmm. a lot of films sort of skip over it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, I, I found it interesting. I saw it recently. Uh, within the last year, uh, they had a really old print of it, and they played mm-hmm. it at the Royal Cinema. And um, it uh, it didn't – seeing it theatrically, it didn't feel long. But maybe it would be different uh, at home. Yeah. My favorite part of that opening sequence is, is Leslie Nielsen. Uh when he is on scene, finds out that his middle daughter has been killed mm. uh, or died accidentally. Or uh, or do they suspect... They suspect it was uh, someone that was on the... Like an escaped... Someone from an asylum or something yeah. like that. Or does that happen later? In any case, I haven't seen this one in a little bit, but I know there is an escaped asylum person that they think is around somewhere at some point, um, as is a common trope. But... What's interesting there is that he has to he has to play that scene as a mourning father who still has to look after two kids and his wife in his mind. You know, uh-huh. he's a high school principal. He's falling apart. His child is dead, but he still has to be the uh, the backbone of the family because the mother is falling funny, apart. And funny so enough, forth. I and found that that was one of the best acted scenes in the film. Yeah, well, even yeah. from him, like in my mind, it's almost it's, it's in my like top five of performances by him. Yeah, he's he's in really, my mind really strong in the film. You know, like it's for a, for a B horror film, mm-hmm. he hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I found that Jamie Lee Curtis, like, yeah, it's like she signed on. And at this point, because I saw Prom Night later on, you know what I mean? I noticed how I saw Prom Night, I think I was about 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, I was just like, oh, man, I can totally see how, um, what is it? Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer kind of ripped a bunch of stuff kind of from that. Well, what year did the book I Know What You Did Last Summer come out? Because I don't know if it could rip off. Well... Yeah, it's not a straight adaptation either, I suppose. But yeah, in any case, I see your point. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, and I just remember watching that and I was just kind of like, it was funny. I saw that. I saw Liam Neeson act in that. And then um, I remember a couple days afterwards, I watched Airplane. Oh, oh so Leslie Nielsen. Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Yeah, I saw, I saw him in <laughs> Airplane. Like... No, no, sorry, no, Leslie Nielsen, sorry. Um, and then uh, I don't even remember what I said. 
Anyway, um, I saw him act an airplane, and then you watch him again. Funny enough, in like Men with Brooms, where he's like dying, and it's like you get like Look at the remake scores. you get like three different versions of him in a row, and you realize just how fucking great of an actor he is. Oh, he's fantastic! You know, like probably one of the most underestimated Canadian actors. I just want to point out the the 2008 remake of this film. Has 3.9 on IMDb, 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a, actually a surprising 17% on Metacritic. Uh, conversely, the the original film, if I can fucking get to it, uh, has somewhat better scores, kind of middling IMDb, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and then and then about the same for both uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, which is you know so. It found its audience back in the '80s, but did not find its audience. Th- th- that I I didn't mind the the remake. I want to mention. I don't think I ever saw it actually. Eh. It's right. The new prom night. Eh, whatever. Um, there was a kill I wanted to mention. A specific kill that I I can't. Oh, the fucking van kill. I love that one with the shard of glass. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. <laughs> Um, and then like the, the boy, the, like, I guess the, the, the prom date that comes out of nowhere in his van and it's like real fucking (laughs) awkward. Um, he, he like almost gets away. I love it. Uh, and, and the killer has to like really, really fucking work. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing about that is, um, I can't remember a man in an 80s slasher film that was actually that hard to kill. Like, yeah, usually men are just, quick, yeah, yeah, they're just like, dead, okay, yeah. moving along. The girl gets a bit of a chase and then the, gets taken Yeah, out. they are the only ones that fight back. And I found it so interesting that the guy is the one that's like, oh, fuck, fuck this, I'm getting out of here in my van. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry. Any other thoughts on prom night? No. Uh, I'm good. What do we want to jump to next, gentlemen? I love that we're just bouncing around. No, don't fucking hold for a year. Like, if you want to go to a film in 84, I don't care. Do well, it. One thing I want to talk about, kind of not one particular movie, more just uh, after looking at the cover for uh, Return to Horror High there, is being a kid going to the movie store and going to that horror section and just seeing that wall covers, of movies. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just like, there's movies I've never seen, but they're, they're the, the posters are ingrained in my mind forever. Mm. I, I used to, I remember when I, when I had a cottage, um, we had a beta and um, there's a video store in Nestleton. That was the only place where you could stage rent. Stage kill? That thing is fucking gross. All I see is low battery right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, the head on the stage. <laughs> yes, 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 remember yes. when that fucking breaks out? Oh, Wait, yeah. I've got a low battery um, <laughs> phone. But uh, I remember you know, going in Nestleton, going into this like the general store where the, v- where the betas were, and looking at... I would gravitate towards the Nightmare on Elm Streets because the front covers were like hand-drawn and badass and then you look at the back and it was just like there's freddy eating a chick eating a chick or, yeah, that's the one i remember seeing was him number three eating the girl and just me like whoa is yeah, he man. a giant or something and like the thing what's is, this all about and the thing is now you watch dream warriors and you're like this is almost a fucking action movie yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's um i i would say out of like that franchise one and three obviously were the best oh, yeah definitely um I don't know. I have a real fondness for New Nightmare. No, well, that's I put in, that's the thing. It's it's New it's Nightmare. A, it's a you know what film. I mean? It's a totally that's different. I, it sucks that they didn't even continue on with that. I find. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would have thought it would have been really cool that, instead of just remaking yeah. um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street if it was like ten years or fifteen years after New Nightmare. Mm. 
You know, yeah, that yeah. would have been really cool. A kid grows up like I know it's really crappy, but I have a real soft spot for Nightmare uh, Nightmare Four because it was the first one I saw theatrically. I snuck in with my buddy on oh, an sweet. afternoon. Oh, oh cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Four is pretty hilarious too, just because like everyone just like that you loved in three is just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah like, it's gone. <laughs> it's like well, so much for that film. I'll well, see you later. <laughs> but going back, going back to the the uh, the cover art, uh, I think that is why you know we saw so many of these films that you know that. Probably, uh, we would have never seen if we actually heard what they are actually were. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a documentary coming up uh, called um, Twenty Four by Thirty Six about poster art and, and about video art and sort of how movie studios refuse to do illustrated uh, pictures mm. anymore and and how the fans are doing that. That's actually opening up the uh, Blood in the Snow Film Festival uh, cool. in, uh, late November. Okay. Uh, so okay, that's cool, their cool. opening night film. They just announced that the other day. That's super that's cool. Man. Um, and, uh, you know, they interview uh, the Mondo people, uh, and uh, a lot of Canadians uh, were actually did, did a lot of the, the poster art. Yeah. Because they were cheaper. Because it's funny. Because <laughs> that, that's what also, it's funny enough. Like, that's what um, makes you still kind of afraid of, like, say what you want about it, but like a movie like Gremlins, you know, like that hand cover. Or Leprechaun. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like the first Leprechaun sucks, but that cover is pretty sweet. Mm. You know, like in Gremlins, like you see the hand on the desk, you yeah. know, like yeah. all hand drawn and it's like a creepy Gremlins movie. is one of the ones that they brought in the PG-13 rating for, correct? That and Indiana Jones? Yeah. yeah. Is that era? That yeah. movie still, um, I still don't like being in my ba- in any basement with the lights off. Interesting. Roger Corman, uh, a lot of the films that he made were done strictly after the poster art. He would get guys to make posters mm-hmm. and then yeah, make uh, the poster, then make the movie based on. Then that. he's like, okay, I want to buy that one. I want to buy that one. I buy that really? one. And then they would just make it. So that's awesome! Sweet. I didn't know that. That's yeah. super cool. I think that's partially why there's so many tropes because it's just <clears> like, okay, well, this type of film has this. We mm. need it in it, other to to uh, satisfy our contractual obligations yeah. with the <laughs> yeah. people putting up the money. And he was, he, if memory serves, he was also a uh, big proponent of at least having some nudity in the film, if memory serves. Um, he felt as though the movie-going audience expected that. In the 80s especially, yeah. Like, that's the one thing horror movies are missing these days is the nudity aspect. Like, some people kind of find it... I think ex- that the audience has changed, though. They definitely have, but... The audience has changed, but I also think a little bit also has to do with... Um, in the union now, the amount that you have to pay for nudity, mm. um, they didn't have that in the eighties. That would wasn't something yeah, that was like, here's a hundred bucks, until, take your top off. Yeah, and it it was pretty much. I think it was around. Wait, the, was this in the film or was this at like nightclub or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like it was like the um, in around like the back end of the Bush administration. They kind of made it so that and you had to pay somebody extra the actors guild had you had to pay somebody extra for nudity i see um so it's kind of like i don't know if i want to fork over an extra fifty thousand dollars for a for a boob shot yeah you know i it's could got be propelling i might want to put that on the squibs well i i also think too that once nc 17 uh ratings came out yeah. in the states that you know uh, essentially if if your film had nudity it had a much greater chance of doing that and then that would be the 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 death of uh of the R, of yeah. a huge chunk of your budget right. Yeah. right that's what i'm saying yeah and it's interesting when you talk about that like you know we're obviously going to get into the 90s slasher uh resurgence so to speak in in later episodes and whatnot but I, I find it interesting that I think um, movie makers w- 
with the resurgence in the 90s and into the 2000s, I think movie makers were proven wrong about the films from the 80s, where I think they did believe that it was a fairly male-centric um, uh, viewing audience, and that's not the case. Absolutely. And so oh, girls when love you, our movies. Yeah, when you look at films, say, for example, like the Scream films, like I Know What You Did Last Summer, which you already mentioned, like uh, Cherry Falls, which I think is super underrated, and we'll talk about it hopefully coming uh, later on. Um, these films all almost have like implicit nudity, implicit sex, implicit mm-hmm. because the whole point is like you d- say for example, like okay, so what did you really get out of Halloween other than some awkward sex scenes that really are not like real life uh, anyway? And an out of shot, speak for yourself, okay, <laughs> and an out of shot like half boob, you know, which you, you got to think. I was joking around uh, when we saw it last night that like or. Actually, I didn't say this. The person I was with said it, but um, you know, if PJ Souls is gonna take out her or take her top off, you figure at least get me in the frame. You know, like if you're gonna <laughs> don't get like one nipple, the top of it in the frame, that's disappointing. But mm. in any case, um, yeah, I really like prom night. I think it's um, it's interesting to dress Canada up with the American flags and the American money and all of these things. And I think that it's definitely got an interesting vibe mm-hmm. to it. I, I feel like we're going to get into spoiler territory if we talk too much about it. Um, although I don't think that the the uh, the ending really has any consequence on how I feel about the film. But Mm-mm. it's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, before we go to break, let's do one or two more. And then we'll sure. go to break, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Of your favorites. Trevor, you have anything you want to throw in? Any specifics of that early... I, I like it to be an early early era, like 80, 81, 82 kind of thing. Have you seen Stage Fright? No. Oh, I love it. it, it, it it's, it's European, but it's it's shot completely in English. Um, uh, essentially, it's uh, a bunch of actors are in uh, doing a stage production for one of the weirdest musicals I have ever seen. You know, people dancing around half naked, some of them in, in an owl costume. <laughs> I have no idea what the play's oh, about. Oh, cool. Yeah, there, there was a remake recently, uh, and Meatloaf was one of the stars. I haven't yeah, seen it. That's I how I heard of it. Yeah, yeah, but the original is great because they're all basically locked. They, they realize that they can't find the keys uh, yeah. to, to get out, so they're all in one enclosed giant building, which is a, 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 a theater. And, uh, you know, they're all getting knocked off one by one. And there's some great kills and a lot of, like, climbing, like, on the, you know, above the stage on, li- on like, the lighting rigs and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, bags of sand being thrown down and crushing people to death. It's, it's really cool. You should check it out. Yeah, that sounds sweet. And what country you say it was from? I think I think it's Italian, maybe. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's all shot with English actors, so... It feels uh, it, it it feels American, uh, with the exception of just one or two minor things that you see in the background or whatnot. Right on, yeah. And that's eighty yeah. seven, is it? Is it eighty seven? Is that it? Oh damn! It's a lot later than I thought. Yeah, yeah. It looks old. Okay, it's uh, Italian. Yeah, Italian. <laughs> yeah. Probably shot very cheap. Overall, I've always liked supernatural uh, horror a little bit more. Like I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the uh, Omen series. Okay. Oh yeah, the first two Omen movies are so incredible. Good. Cool. Um, so good. Uh, so slashers, I, you know, I enjoy them, but uh, there's so much more to the horror genre that uh, really, I'm not really scared by most of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very rare that that I, that I get scared by a slasher. 
No, I agree. I think my attraction to them is very much the, uh, the like I said, the almost pathology of the killer kind of aspect of the whole thing. I love, and I love when you see something that is well written, either and explained or well written and not explained at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that feeds into it because I love the parody that you can draw um, between, you know, real life uh, and those films as formulaic as they may seem. Um, and hopefully my thought process is I'm hoping that someone is learning from this, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I think one thing that we all like, what I love about slasher flicks as opposed to like other horror flicks is that I can't, I can't, I don't like watching a slasher flick alone. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's like, it's weird. Yeah. It's an you experience know, like, that you have to take in with people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can watch other horror films alone, but I can't like, I can do the omens by myself. Um, or any of the exorcists, no problem. But like, I, there's something I loved about watching, especially like, you know, um, uh, the bloody Valentine remake. What I loved was I saw that in Scarborough on a cheap Tuesday at Mm -hmm. like 1130 at night with my brother. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing better than you have a one guy yelling at the screen. Don't go in there. And then, Oh shit. You know, like Mm -hmm. people are getting into it and that's, and I love that, you know, it's like, you're just, you're, going through this together you know what i mean and it's the most fun and like you know it's kind of campy or shitty and you know every twist and turn that's going to happen but you love it anyway mm. because people are just so involved and it's great speaking of my bloody valentine yeah, day, what, say, what do you guys think about the original i love it oh, oh yeah i fucking love it that's think, like in that top second tier mm-hmm. if you will for me like it's right at the top of the list uh mm. below like i i fucking i kind of think that that whole like that whole franchise in general kind of just got like, you know, it doesn't get the respect it deserves most mm. of the time. It really doesn't. I love the feel of it. This small town, coal miner town, you know, the and the lore around like a dance and all the stuff. And I obviously love the the end with the killer with the, cutting the arm and whatnot. I don't mm. want to give away anything, but I love that. And I love the Valentines, like the idea of sending it. Obviously, this is something that we should talk about. We kind of briefly touched on the fact that, say, for example, there's a there's a whole run of films like The Burning, like Sleepaway Camp, like Friday the 13th, and so many more uh, that take place at summer camps. There's equally as many, if not more, that take place on holidays. You have, you know, My Bloody Valentine, obviously Halloween, Silent, Silent Night, Night, Deadly, Deadly Night, Night. Um, Happy Birthday to Me. Um, the list goes on and on. Like, April uh, Fool's Day. Prom April Night Fool's is technically yeah. April Fool's was Day. Yeah. sort of oh, yeah. comedy. Yeah, we don't, there still isn't uh, there isn't an Easter one yet. Um, and there was the joke Thanksgiving one in um, Grindhouse. No, well, no actually, there's, there's, there's other. There's like two or three. Yeah, it's, there, there, there's one called Thanksgiving. It's not uh, of this era. It's something. I feel like there's a late 80s uh, American slasher that's made on the super fucking cheap, but that takes place at uh, Thanksgiving. But I could be wrong on that. But I, I'm positive. I saw something like like that. It's like a fucking turkey, like killing people or something like that. Yeah, that's thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, OK, cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, and the turkey talks and yeah, yeah, he yeah. rapes people. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, it's one it's, hell of a turkey. It's it's uh, it's awful. There's actually Thanksgiving and then there's Thanksgiving part three. And part three is about 
the turkey trying to track down a copy of Thanks Killing 2 because it was known <laughs> as the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and he's trying to track it down. Uh, it's uh, it's awful. I was watching it one night in my apartment and my, and my roommate came in and he's like, Trevor, what the hell are you watching? He's like, uh, he's like can't you watch that in your room? <laughs> it's just awful. But uh, I heard uh, some rumors that Eli Roth has plan there's a script that's been written for th- uh, th- thanksgiving really? mm-hmm. um uh i don't know if he'll ever get the money to make it because he doesn't seem to be making uh making yeah, much money for the studios job. that give him money uh recently no uh but uh yeah there's a script so hopefully one day we'll get to see that it's interesting i um you guys want to pick out one more before we hit hit the break uh, although i kind of want to talk a little bit more about my bloody valentine okay yeah okay. for sure Either or, I'm 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 fine with either, um, but I I like the whole convoluted side plot that like the 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 mayor's son went away to the west coast and tried to make it out there as something that they don't explain, mm-hmm. and then uh, he comes back and the whole like love triangle that happens there and all this stuff. I feel as though that. Um, that misdirects from the whole plot. I also really like all of these characters. I like all the kids so much mm-hmm. when they're in the bar, or they're not kids because they're like they're tip- they're older than a lot of uh, films. Uh, I guess there's a lot of college ones like Final Exam and uh, what are some other college slashers? I'm drawing a fucking blank here, but well, I guess all like the, like House and Sorority Row and shit mm-hmm. like that would you know obviously. Um, but I like that. Uh, that these characters all have very distinct traits, like the the kind of like uh, I can't think of his name, but like the chubby guy with like the mustache who is always very brave and brazen, but he's never. You can always tell that he's he's fodder for the killer, you know. Oh, yeah. From the first second you see him on screen, you're like, I love this fucking guy, but he's toast. And uh, even like the girl that gets to- like gets killed first out of the group of friends, I really liked her. I really, really liked her. I thought she was so sweet and like, oh, I'll go with you to get the drink. And, or yeah, like it, it, it's there. She's getting drinks, right? Or so, yeah. the boyfriend leaves to get drinks, if I can't, if I remember correctly. And like all this stuff, like the, the, the I just felt like there were so many of those characters, and the two that uh, that made it out were like my least favorite. <laughs> you know, but whatever. <laughs> Why do you think that uh, there wasn't? Uh, a sequel to it. Yeah, because it was implied pretty much. Like, yeah. Unless he just he he just couldn't find his way out of the tunnel. That would be well, hilarious. Be here forever. You know what? I yeah. I don't know. Harry's but coming I kinda, back. I kinda for like you. that there also wasn't No, absolutely. You know, but uh because it doesn't like it doesn't give it like one of those like bad tropes like yeah a lot of these open endings don't end up having a, a sequel, but it makes it nice. You yeah. know, it's yeah. just like it's one of those things where you're like it still keeps you haunting. Yeah. You know? Could be around any corner. Apparently, there's a lot of different versions of it. Like the the version that came out on Blu-ray is actually substantially censored. Mm. Um, there there's there's a couple different releases that have an uncensored cut that has about 15 minutes of of more time, and it's more like just like extended kill sequences like and more throwing more. the throwing the the yeah. girl or the woman that's arranging the dance in the dryer or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. That was a great I'd scene. like to see extended that. Yeah, yeah there, there's a like a shower scene or something. I, I forget exactly, but uh, yeah, I, we uh, 
I saw the cut version at the, at the Royal, and then the director was in the attendance, mm. and and he said, "Why are you showing that cut? We have yeah. a better one." This is oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. The um, my favorite, favorite, favorite kill that I just remembered from that movie is when the the bar keep is like is it's the barkeep right that's setting up the trap with the fake yeah uh, Harry mm-hmm. or whatever, and. Uh, and like he keeps opening the door and then laughing like ah, and the fake fucking dummy with the like the all the regalia the the um, coal miner attire and whatnot uh, pops out and then he does it like four or five times and you're just like man you are really in love with this fucking thing <laughs> and then just like the fifth time he opens it up and the guy's like ah like right into him I love it mm-hmm. it's so good. It's just uh, like you tempted fate one too many times, my friend. Like I know. if he just didn't open the door the last time, he could have just walked away. I know he would have lived. <laughs> he probably been the hero of the movie. And then, yeah, like that's the best thing of, about a lot of these slashers is it's like like even you could argue that like Laurie could have you know stabbed Michael a hundred fucking times after she stabbed him with the knitting needle, or you know that. Um, I, there, well, there's so many examples, but yeah, like in this film, like if he just didn't tempt fate and open the door one too many times or th- these sorts of things, you know, sleepaway camp, if you were just fucking nice to people and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. the burning, if you just didn't go on that trip, like some of the counselors didn't and you would have been fine, you know, I'm sick, whatever. <laughs> don't participate. That's the lesson. Yeah. Don't do anything. Just, yeah, just stay home. Stay home. Stay home and lock your doors. Safe. I love it. And if you're at a summer camp and people start dropping dead, maybe it's time to leave camp early. Yeah, get the fuck out of there. It's not time to have sex. Actually, one more thing I want to talk about in sleepaway camp is that that camp counselor. Every time a kid was murdered, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh my god, this kid was murdered. It's like, oh, this is such a nuisance. Oh, we're gonna, yeah. oh, we can't let anyone know. It's like they've killed like four people. Like, there's something going on here, man. Yeah. And he just was not. But exactly. they all look. They all still look fake. Like they all still look like an accident. Yeah, rather, yeah. At that point, and it's funny because he's he blames the cursing kid, the the, the real like yeah, potty yeah. mouth kid. And this is all your fault. <laughs> you swear a lot, so you must want to kill people. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Boy. Um, any final thoughts on my bloody Valentine? I feel like we should take a little break. We've been doing a lot of quick talk and a lot of movies here. Um, wouldn't mind taking a take quick a little, break, little reset, come back, and and go nuts again. Yeah, I'm a little. My brain, my, my brain is frazzled. Of thinking, oh, like, I've, I've, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I think one movie is something, and then I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a sequel, and like. <laughs> Okay, we've been waiting to talk about it for a little bit, so how about when we get back from the break, we do The Prowler. Oh! All right, so we'll come right back and do The Prowler. On episode three of Slasher Fest, 32 films featuring five of the most legendary slasher antagonists, Jason Voorhees, Candyman, Freddy Krueger, Chucky, Michael Myers, coming this Wednesday. I like that one. All right, so we're back, and let's get into The Prowler a little bit, gentlemen. Let's do it. I really like this film. I haven't seen it in a while, admittedly, but uh, I I really dig it. For anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, it's one that I would recommend checking out. It's definitely, again, in that kind of second tier of horror films, mm-hmm. and uh, or in, in slasher films specifically. I, I, I really do dig it. We were talking about earlier the kill... Uh, the knife through the head, then you yeah. see it come out the neck. It's such a great scene. And you yeah. were mentioning East Offer that the the pool, the pool scene with with, oh. with the splatter. That was great. I uh, what I what I love about a, what I love about slasher films is the use of the squibs 
and um, just like you don't get it like that anymore, man. And it's it's almost like a lost art of the mm. blood spray. This, you know what I mean? They the just air. they don't do it anymore, and yeah. it's a lost art, mm-hmm. and it sucks that they don't do it anymore because my eye always can tell the difference, and that's why like when I watch modern horror films, I'm very picky. And there's very few and far between where I'm actually like, that was a great film. Like, the only two to date that I really liked were, um, like, for effects like that would probably be The New Evil Dead and um, Green Room. Um, Mm. Otherwise, uh, like, my eye can tell the difference, and I'm pretty much checked out, and I'm there just to eat some popcorn and have a good couple laughs. I see CGI blood. Yeah, right? Like, I love, you know, any people love John Wick. It's a great film. Too, too much of the uh, CG blood, and you know, uh, Rob Zombie uh, when he was filming um, The Devil's Rejects, um, when they were on set, they had for the opening scene where the, where the cops take them all down in the in the house, uh, they they actually were uh, had a nickname for the movie. They were calling it House of a Thousand Squibs because awesome. they had so many squibs on set that that I think almost no film had done that in a single scene. It was that's just awesome. like thousands and thousands of them. Oh, that's amazing! Blew it up really good. Um, I wanted to mention on the Prowler, I like the, uh, much like with My Bloody Valentine, I like the aesthetic of the killer, the military attire, the, uh, the helmet, and the, it's all very, it works so well, and it works so well in those stalking scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's just a really good feel to it. I also, um, again, another, another film that takes place in a small town and, and has a lot of, uh, there's a very, uh, a close knit feel to it all, uh, which is nice, and and you feel for a lot of the characters again. Although I think they're a lot less developed than they are in some other films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the accents. Yeah, <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> you know, if you put in a few more of those accents, it would have uh, probably would have. I would have remembered it even a whole lot more besides just those couple kills. <laughs> you know. Like, holy shit, what's going on here? Fuck! You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yes! The rake in the back right at the beginning is another good one. Oh, the, the yeah. Rake. That, I was trying to think. I was like, was there a pitchfork in there? What the a hell is that? pitchfork, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's the... Uh, yeah. I like kills with just regular lawn instruments. Yeah. Know, are generally pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're just so sharp, you know? <laughs> it's nice. It makes you afraid of mowing the lawn or whacking some weeds or some shit. <laughs> Well, weed whackers are just just brutal. Doing those as a kid, whack on the leg all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. There needs like, to be child labor laws here. Dad. That's what there <laughs> needs. That's what there needs to be. Right? Is there, there are a couple of great kills with a weed whacker. If so, please tell me, Trev. No, I can't. Uh, I, I think there's a film that someone gets uh, a lawnmower uh, to the face. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Is that a lawnmower man? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a guy take a weed whacker in a wrestling match one time, but that was real life. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah wrestling's <laughs> real. Yeah. Um, it's still real to me, damn it! Terror Train. Trevor, you wanted to talk a little about Terror Train. No, 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 no. Oh, I haven't just seen said Terror Train. Ever? No. Oh, it's solid, man. I I've seen also never either. seen it. Yeah, and... and uh, that's I, watched, another... I watched clips from it while I was uh, researching for this, and it does look pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. <sighs> It's another one where you know, like you know, the killer's identity per se, or you assume the killer's identity uh, right off the jump. Um, but I do I, again another film uh, shot in Canada, and it's another Jamie Lee Curtis uh, starring. 
the original Scream Queen, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the film. I I think there's there's something ah so claustrophobic about the whole thing. And then you have David Copperfield doing fucking magic throughout the thing. Right? <laughs> wait, 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 David Copperfield's really? in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Does he die? Is he the killer? He's neither. He's got to be the killer. No. I think he. Yeah, he might die. Yes, I think he dies. I haven't seen it in a bit, but I think David he... Copperfield. What the fuck ever happened to that guy? Oh, dude, it's great. There's like a scene where she just wants to get like some nuts out of a machine, and he does this elaborate quarter trick and whatnot. And then she's like, "Okay, well the quarter is gone, so how do I get my peanuts?" And she's like, "He's like, I got this worked out." And he just like does this whole hand gesture, and the peanuts drop out of the machine. It's so <laughs> fucking cheesy. It's great. Oh my goodness, I love it. And uh, <clears throat> basically, the the premise all. Uh, is set around these all these um, medical students um, who are having a New Year's Eve party and they're doing it on a train, but they're uh, they're prone to practical jokes and one that they played earlier has come back to bite them, so to speak. So um, right off the jump, the first kill is this guy in, in the in a Groucho Marx costume. I don't know why they're all wearing costumes if it's New Year's Eve, but whatever. Uh, they're all wearing costumes, so that's fine. Um, and so much of the film plays out with the killer in this Groucho costume because he's assumed the identity of the person he's killed first and thrown under the train, which is great, um, uh, which is a good kill. And um, he keeps using, like, limbs in place so that they think it's the person. Uh, there's one great kill later on where he puts the girlfriend's hand on this guy's shoulder and the guy's, like, relieved. Oh, yeah. And then he pulls him by the hair <laughs> and fucking slashes his throat. And it's one of the coolest kills that that I've seen in in, uh, in the genre as well in terms of, like, it's not overly – over. it's not over the top. It's just one of those kills that you fill in the blanks in your head a little bit. Yeah, and I like mm-hmm. that. Um the conductor is a cool character. I feel like I've seen him in a lot of other stuff. I can't think of who he is, though, unfortunately. Um, and and Jamie Lee's performance is interesting because it bounces back and forth between compassion for the the suspected killer and then just, like, panic and whatnot. So it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in this flick. I really recommend checking out. There's one really good bathroom uh, sequence in the small little train bathroom that's quite good. Um, there's there's quite a few, and when you find out who the killer has been like hiding as in plain sight, it's mm-hmm. also like little little reminiscent of maybe you know um, some other horror stuff. But it's it's cool, it's fun. There's a lot of fun that you can have with this flick, and I also love the the last scene, uh, which I'll just I I'll spare the details, but you just see a, a body like rolling down a creek in the snow and he kind of like stops on a bunch of rocks and like icy rocks and stuff and and then you see like the blood covering the snow and running down the water and so forth and it's very very um aesthetically pleasing i guess is a good way to say it very cool yeah Yeah. Mm. cool flick cool cool flick like it's on my list of movies i definitely gotta check out yeah like it's not gonna change your life or anything but it was shot in montreal apparently yeah yeah Uh. It's a cool one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> one that we have to talk about in more detail. We talked about it briefly in the first episode, uh, but we must talk about it today. Mm. Is 1980s Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We can't move on any further without talking about this film. 
Uh, I adore this film. In fact, it's still my favorite of the franchise, and it's right up there for me in terms of my favorite, favorite slashers, uh, along with, uh, you know, Black Christmas, which I realize is, again, we mentioned kind of like pre-dating slasher flicks, but I really, really like this film. I love the use of the killer POV. Um, I love the backstories, like Betsy Palmer with the, mm-hmm. I, I, I just want a fucking car, <laughs> and... Uh, and obviously, like the Tom Savini stuff. The other one that that is very interesting to me is this is the earliest uh, example of one of those stories that became all too commonplace in slasher flicks and and in low budget film in general, where um, people would take out full page ads in um, you know uh, magazines like Variety and so forth to uh, promote a film that they hadn't shot, hadn't written a script for, hadn't done anything for. And in this case, obviously, Sean Cunningham had had some mild successes before with films like uh, Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes and so forth. He produced them, um, both Wes Craven-directed films, and obviously Wes Craven started as uh, a production assistant for him. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Um, But I find Friday the 13th's kind of backstory so very interesting. Like the stuff that you talked about earlier, Jesse, with Tom Savini kind of just showing up at Sean Cunningham's house. Not leaving. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, and acquiring the funding for it and all of these things, and then how it 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 took off in, in such a an amazing way. And I remember hearing a story uh, with Betsy Palmer talking, or rather, talking to Tom Savini on set, where um, she was asking why that you know that's your son, that's your son Jason. Why why does he look like that, and and so forth. And that's what got her very much into the role, into the, and obviously that's what the whole idea of, of Betsy Palmer's delivering the line, you know, mommy, you know, kill the mommy and all that, uh, is what led to the, you know, the, right. So, so, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, and I always love how they tell that story. Cause it always seems so rudimentary to like people like us, all of us who've worked in like audio production and so forth, where it's like, okay, he just talked into. Uh, did he talk into an echoplex or it was some kind of echo machine? Where he just said, or did he just throw, Yeah, it was like a ma. tape echo box. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and you know, like just microphone into an echoplex or into a tape echo or into some kind of yeah a, a delay processors of some sort. But it's interesting. Um, it, it's like this is another one like Halloween where they're almost like a victim of lucky circumstances. Tom Sabini and all these yeah. things. Oh yeah. Of, rolling out funding rolling out actors showing up surprisingly and so forth kevin bacon yeah well there would have been no funding for this if it weren't for the success of halloween yeah oh for sure yeah and i've heard stories about them like going to see halloween over and over and over again and taking notes on like how to make their film (laughs) which is interesting i also love the um that the fucking guy that just keeps warning everyone about Camp oh, Crystal Lake. Yeah. Like, oh, he's in the fucking Camp pantry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why are you... Like, how long were you in the fucking pantry? It's so good, God, man. evil things happen up there. <laughs> yeah, right. And I know, like, right after they say that, too, she's like, all right, well, I'm going. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm get, thanks for the ride. Mm-hmm. You know? Thanks for warning me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I will say, like, the funny thing about the, the, that, the Friday franchise is how... The first one's really, really cool because, you know, it's like the mom. Mm. Back then, it, we, you know, when you first watch it, it's not even the mom. It's just the killer. Yeah. You know? 
And then what's really cool about two is that it's the sun and it kind of gives you more of the backstory. Mm. And then all of a sudden when three kind of comes around, it's just right off the fucking rails. I you think, know, and the, in, fr- yeah. and the franchise just kind of like went, you know, this it's, it's very, there's a lot of similarities at that point between, you know, like how, you know, the revenge of Mike Myers and anything, you know, Jason esque. Mm-hmm. Um, going forward, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that is the smartest decision in horror movie history by far to to make the killer into Jason and move it forward. And then in three, the hockey mask, which I believe is that the art director was a avid hockey player. I and think it's something like that. I yeah. feel like it's a Terry Sawchuck mask, but it might be a Esposito. No, I don't know. It's not sure. Like it's styled after a specific mm-hmm. goaltender's mask. Yeah. Um, I feel no, it can't be Sawchuck because he barely ever wore a mask, and then his mask was that fucking uh, like almost like brown, um, like cage. It was real weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. anywho, this isn't the sports episode. <laughs> was a while we ago. We saw that one already. Come on, yeah. Um, <clears throat> although the Leafs won last night, so good for them. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens the rest of the season. And they scored four <laughs> again. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, my favorite part of the movie, um. Because as I mentioned earlier, I saw it and I felt cheated when I first saw it. But the second time I watched it, knowing that the mother was the killer, is the end scene when they hack the mother's head off. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very effective scene. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you noticed the hair on the knuckles when the hands yeah, come up? Yeah, it's like a dude, like one of it's the production. It's one of Savini's, Savini's friends' hands. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that at that time, but like in previous like more watchings, I've looked like yeah, that lady has hairy knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course the like the final scene in the film yeah. where you think it's you know the movie's over the nice music's playing she made it mm. and then that Jason kid just pops up out of the water and brings her down yeah that scene actually got me in trouble because the first time I saw this film it was probably for my 12th birthday party mm. where like you can rent anything you want we're, like, we're renting Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and nice. uh, uh, most of my friends were not into horror like I was mm-hmm. And uh, there was this one kid, I forget his name, uh, but he was on the couch and he freaked out so much that he basically like like ran away out of the room <laughs> and he was like crying a bit and uh, his uh, mother didn't let him hang out with me anymore because he had nightmares for a couple of weeks after that. Hey, Her mom called up and was like, what are you doing showing this film to these yeah. kids? You know, That's what I found. Like, too like scary. Kids like us, like we all grew up with that kind of thing, but there was those kids that were sheltered that just didn't see anything. Yeah, yeah and, that's, so, and that was yeah. a I problem. saw RoboCop when I was four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a Robo... Man, my... My parents made me, because I love RoboCop so much as a kid, my parents made me the image from RoboCop 2, you know, the poster where he breaks through the wall? Yeah. I had that cut out from a magazine on a piece of purple construction paper, and, like, my parents were Roman Catholic, and I remember my dad literally taking down the the picture of Jesus that was above my bed and sticking... (laughs) the fucking robocop there and like even now to this day <laughs> robocop's like the back of my phone and like i love it and everything yeah. else but like there were kids that were there were kids that were sheltered and i never understood that because my parents explained to me movie magic if through every movie that i ever watched that's the thing when i was a young kid i my aunt had bought me a book all about special effects uh makeup and stuff so anytime i saw a movie i was seeing the effects and i was seeing like how right. they did it but there were those kids that still just they were 13 I had a friend that was like 13 that was sheltered and same thing I can't remember what the freaking movie it was but he went home and told his mom and he was really 
affected by it. Yeah. And it's like, well, show your kids some horror movies. Like, you can't be 13 and not know that what's real and what's not. Oh, yeah, man. The way my mom looked at it, she goes, she's like, it's like live action Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it's totally fake. Yeah. And someone gets their head cut off, you know they're not really getting their head cut off. Yeah, and if you just explain to your kids movie magic, like, I had such a deeper appreciation for it at a young age that, like, I remember seeing, um, I still know what you did last summer, and there was a bunch of us in the eighth grade, and I remember everybody jumping, and I was sitting beside, like, the one girl that I liked, and I had a crush, and she grabbed my arm, and that's when I was like, oh, man, I got a a weird feeling now. (laughs) I've never felt this before. Um sort of thing and um but i remember everyone was jumping and i was just like in my mind i was like i'm 13 i'm like this movie sucks <laughs> like i've mm. seen so many better movies than this yeah you gotta just fuck anything jason fucking manhattan takes manhattan is a better film than this piece of shit mm. well don't don't say things you can't take it back man. <laughs> then i still know what you did last summer i would agree with that <laughs> i don't know. know i just hate that movie so much um but it's all good. My 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 parents, yeah, they 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 let me watch whatever except when there's explicit nudity. That was yeah. it. Yeah, it, it was more about the nudity than the violence. Um, but a lot of people, it's the reverse. They, uh, my parents loved Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "We want you to see this movie. You're gonna love it." However, they cut. Uh, version for us that just took out the strip club scene. Oh, Everything really? <laughs> else was completely intact. It's funny. My my, uh, my parents when Lethal Weapon Four came out took us to like the took me and my brother to the eleven o'clock showing, <laughs> and then and I was in elementary school at the time, and then wrote me a note to give to my teacher on why I was tired, and they were just like, we took our kid to go see Lethal Weapon Four, so he's going to be a little tired. And then my teacher Lethal call- Weapon Four. How old were you then? Well, because Lethal Weapon 4 came out in 98, so I was... I it came out in 2000. No, no, because there's the line in the movie where it says, you know, it's the new millennium and everything else. I'm pretty okay. sure it, that movie, Lethal Weapon 4, came out in like 97 or 98. Okay. Well, welcome back to Slasher Fest. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've got so many movies. There's like, literally, like, as Hundreds. you said off air, Trevor, if you watched a, a, a horror movie, and even just Slasher specifically, you couldn't even touch you know, up like 50% of them in your full life span if you watch one every day for the rest of your life. But They were cranking um, them out back then. Mm-hmm. There's some others that stand out for me from this era. I know that you just watched Alice Sweet Alice yesterday. I actually didn't get to that uh, one. Jesse. It was on my list of what I wanted to watch. Oh, okay. But, you know. I watched about half of it the other day, mm. and then I, I, I couldn't uh, get through the rest of it just because I had to go to sleep. But yeah. uh, I've seen it before, and uh, it's... Uh, it's not very good, but I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing. I like, again, how there's a lot of a lot of daytime kills. Like, the imagery and stuff is cool. Like everything I've looked up about yeah. it, like, with that, that weird opake mask and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's... If I saw that as a kid, it would have scared the shit out of me. And the, uh, the contra to the killing scenes and the kind of religious innuendo of the whole film is very interesting. And something that I love about slashers in general is the notion of, like, those who escape the... The kills are are very much, uh, you know, pure or uh, you know, innocent or what have you, and mm-hmm. and um, and the final girl generally emerges the one who like does her homework and you know doesn't mess around with boys and these sorts of things. But um, it is fun to have, say, for example, that premise just like flipped on its head, like you see in something like that, where the, they, well, I guess. They more so just show that everyone kind of still sins, per se, I guess, to some level, which is interesting. It's all very cool. 
I some like people it. sin in the middle of a crowded uh, church. Yep. <laughs> the one I did watch yesterday was... Uh... <laughs> well, look, you're great on that one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Watch the one I did watch yesterday was a uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, let's talk oh, about yeah. it. Which was love Slumber Party Massacre. It, it, when you think of like a slasher '80s like like movie with, with boobs and stuff like that's 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 what you're thinking of something like that sorority house serial killer going in picking them off one by one. I will say that the killer was kind of boring. It was just like some dude. And I could, what was this twist at the end again? It was a. Uh, there's no twist. There wasn't a twist. Oh, I was trying to remember. The he twist. was just a pervert. He was just a pervert. Okay, yeah. But um, but yeah, the kills were. Uh, I do like. Were, well, so to speak, the twist is kind of like they tear off his proverbial cock, if you want to go down that yeah. road, and in, in that they de-drill the, the, him. They de-drill him. You know, uh, which is uh, nice because something that you also kind of have to touch on when you talk about slasher in general. Is the the notion of like uh, peakerism as a you know uh, generally those who engage in that sort of thing in terms of criminal pathology are those who um, you know say for example either are physically actually perhaps impotent or emotionally impotent or feel inadequate in some way. Um, it's not just that they're you know for screen purposes i guess it's like there's an intimacy to the sort of and a small scale to the sort of killing that would happen with a stabbing and these sorts of things it's all very um close up it's not like shooting someone from you know a mile away it's not like a sniper or something like that yeah. you have to be up close you have to get that kill but there is also the the notion of you know literally uh almost a um um, like a sickness of you know wanting to penetrate your victim per se, and there's there's something to that, uh, which is fucking shocking, obviously. But that's the entire point of it. It's worthwhile. I think that there's some interesting things and in slashes in general in terms of the things that you can discuss because of them. Yeah. Uh, and and that's an interesting piece too because I look at Slumber Party Massacre and even with all the nudity, all the like that line, uh, I think your tits are getting bigger, and every fucking girl goes, <laughs> "Who me?" You know, and stuff like that. I think that's still very much a feminist film. It's a film written by women. It's a film directed by women, starring women. All the boys are like the boys are watching them play basketball. The yeah. boys are like they're completely fucking useless. And they're, they're all, all like dummies too. Yeah. They're like yeah, the girls are way smarter than the guys in that movie. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. um, and and obviously it was kind of written as a satire and then shot straight, which is interesting. Obviously, from what I understand too, I think Roger Corman very much pushed at uh, Amy Jones to like put in more nudity like shoot some extra nudity i don't even know if she shot it someone else might have shot it i don't know um but the the film is so interesting to me i love all the characters i love number two we talked about number two a bit off air i think it's so zany and so perfect um and i i love uh I love how short the killer is for some reason. Why yeah, do I like, like that? Yeah, he's a little guy. Because he's, yeah. he's different. Because everything, because all the other killers that you've known at that point are mm-hmm. like these huge, hulking, you know, hulking, mm-hmm. unstoppable forces. Mm-hmm. And here's a killer that's tiny, not like a leprechaun tiny. Yeah. But just like. He's like five foot seven, he's like, maybe. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's just, honestly, he's a regular guy. Kind of like a regular guy. Yeah. He's a Joe Schmo. Well, he's not a regular guy. He's an escaped fucking... <laughs> well, true. You know what I mean? But like, he's, he's, a, he's a Joe Schmo in stature. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's average. I love the... Sorry, go ahead. In the 80s, there was a lot of regular guys that happened to be escaped mental patients. You know? Okay. It's okay. happening that's, all over the place. It's happening all over, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
I like the driller killer thing. I love the pizza stuff. We talked about that. I would, oh, the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's it's like so the pizza good. man's dead. It's like, oh, he's cold. Is the pizza cold? <laughs> well, we gotta eat, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I just feel better when I eat. Yeah, like, it's so good. Like you fall in love with all these characters. Yeah. You want them to all survive. It's so fucking and the, good. And the just pe- like kill all the fucking dudes. Like keep all these girls around. And I love that there's three of them that make it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's so so fucking cool, man. And I I like how like they're just. One thing that would have made it better is if you didn't see hit the killer's face. That's the one thing I did didn't like because every once in a while you'd see him peeking through the window, and like, oh, well, there's his face. It's no mystery there. Yeah. If you if you never saw him the entire movie and then you saw him at the end, yeah. it would have been a little more effective. But uh, but yeah, the, the whole drill thing was pretty cool, pretty sweet. Uh, the thing I love too about number two, real quick before we move on. Obviously, we talked about off air. I love the idea of a drill on the tip of his guitar. I think that's so fucking badass. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Uh, and I also like that they. Uh, okay, so there's two cops. And I think their names are Voorhees and Craven. If I'm not mistaken, uh, lots of lots more nods. I think that they realized it was accept- acceptable to make. Um, a satire that people were familiar with the tropes at this yeah. point and so forth. And and I, I love that they were more comfortable with it the second time around. So even though the first one is very funny and intended to be, I think that the zaniness of number two really took it to a new level. Um, like you, I don't particularly like three all that much, although it's funny. Uh, it, was, it was Officer Kruger, Officer Forhees, and the main girl's name was Courtney Bates. Courtney Bates. And her mom Bates. was Mrs. Bates. Yeah, although that's not Courtney's name in the first one, if I'm not mistaken. But I could be wrong. I haven't seen these flicks in a long time, but I feel like they specifically changed the one girl that came back for this one. Um, for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, good flicks, man. I, I really like... Uh, I like some of those early satires. Everyone that says like, oh, like Scream rewrote the laws. It's like, or even they, they give praise to something like New Nightmare that kind of uh, first touched on the kind of uh, uh, poking at horror tropes and making scares from it. Um, it's like, haven't you ever seen this? Like, isn't it a cantaloupe or something in student bodies that someone gets killed with or something like that? Like, it's so good, man. And and then obviously the same thing with like the Driller Killer and, and Slumber Party Massacre. I just think it's um, it's so interesting. And those both came out like Slumber Party Massacre. The first one's like eighty one or something, right? Yeah, it's so, early eighties. Yeah, so. yeah. I uh, had them. It's interesting. I had them right here. Eighty two. Eighty two. Yeah. Okay. So. Eighty two, and then two is eighty seven. So real, like really, right in the cusp of 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 the kind of. Uh, the renaissance of the subgenre, if you mm-hmm. will, you know, like the golden era of it per se. Um, any others that you'd like to touch on specifically? I know we haven't we haven't even touched Freddy. We haven't even touched Halloween two or any of that stuff. So let's go nuts. Have you guys seen the Toolbox murder, Murders? I feel like I've seen it. I don't think so. No, but okay. I don't recall it. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's strange because the first half of the movie is like kill, 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 kill. And then they get to like a long drawn out story Mm -hmm. towards the end. Um, I haven't seen any other slasher like sort of structured like that. Interesting. Yeah, you should check it out. It's uh, it's 78. So it's uh, just uh, basically a ski mask guy. And he he just uses interesting different weapons, you know, drill, saws, hammer. Sick. And just like. Just like some good gore, gore, but uh, 
And a little bit of a story that, uh, but it, it's strange because, yeah, I, I was watching it and just a couple of weeks ago uh, in preparation for this. And um, I, I was surprised at that it, it, it had a weird pacing to it. Yeah, that sounds wicked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trevor, you said that you like um, slashers with a little bit of a supernatural feel to them. Have you seen Hell Knight with Linda Blair? Nope. That one's a cool one. That one's the this um, fraternity and sorority. They lock um, four or five pledges in a house overnight, and they lock the gate, and they've set up all these elaborate, like, scary things, and there's this lore around the house. Um, but of course, the lore turns out to be true. I can say that because there, it's it's very apparent from the beginning that there is no other uh, killers, and it's a little bit of a supernatural kind of vibe to the killer. When you actually see him, he very much looks like the vampire in Nosferatu or something like that. Very <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. After like seeing uh, The Exorcist Two, I yeah. deliberately avoided my, anything with Linda Blair in it. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. And Exorcist <laughs> 3, on the other hand. Yeah. Oh, that's that. solid. That's a good solid. one. <laughs> but yeah, Hell Knight, I, I like it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I That's one that's fairly fresh for me because I've only seen it within, yeah. Like, I didn't get a chance to rewatch that one, but I, I, I've seen it fairly recently. And I, I like it. It's not one of my favorites, but it's up there. It's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. a fun fun watch. If you haven't seen it, I'd check that one out. It's a good one. Um... I feel like there were some others that we wanted to touch on in this episode because they're kind of golden era ones. Obviously, there's no way that we can talk about all of them, but I do like that we're just kind of going around the table and mm-hmm. geeking out on some of What about favorites. Silent Night, Deadly Night? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. There you go. <clears throat> Very creative kills. The antlers? Very creative kills. Picks her up and just mounts her on some uh, some antlers. And... What about the uh, the uh, sled that, like, the sled like axe off the head yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the sled gets to the bottom of the hill, <laughs> hill and there's the just head. no head on it. Oh, I love that. I'm, that scared the fuck out of me as a kid. I saw this movie fairly young and I was like, oh my fucking God, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, but I believe that after that film came out, um, there was a real big uproar. And, oh, yeah. And, and people really started down the... Uh, the, uh, this genre has gone too far. Yeah, we you got to start ban this protecting movie. our kids. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Silent Night Deadly. Because Night the poster was the like top. Santa Claus coming out of the chimney with like a bloody axe and stuff, and then they're like, "Well, you know, we can t- stop our kids from seeing the movie, but we can't stop them from seeing this imagery." And there was a yeah, like the Mothers Against America or Mothers for whatever Better America. Yeah, exactly. They were really up in arms about it, trying to get it banned, trying to get all the promotional stuff banned. And they kind of have a point that Santa Claus is like a you know a children's magical. But that's the being. best yeah. part. Oh, I agree. But but a lot of these films that suffered from this very like uh, this very kind of thing, these uh, groups going out and and um, picketing against them, ended up being very monetarily successful because they they could not. Uh, people could not help but hear about them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a Free result, would go out and see them. Um, there's a great story, and I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about Maniac, because we've touched on it a little bit. There's a great story about Maniac where they actually would set a TV outside of a theater in New York where it was playing, and it would play all the kill scenes from the film because they couldn't advertise all that. They, they were whiting out the posters oh, crazy. Um, mm. for it. And... Uh, and so they would have this TV, and it would ruin the movie for you. In all, uh, you know, yeah, you in all seriousness, everything. but you, um, 
but people would be compelled to go in and see it and it's so interesting i do really really like maniac i i have a hard time kind of accepting it as a straight slasher because of the fact that it's designed to somewhat empathize with the killer uh, or at least show a little too much about his um, interior motives. But I, I had two quick stories I'd like to tell if, if you guys wouldn't mind. Uh, one of them is about maniac and one of them is about um, uh, the burning, which we talked about and we moved on. I forgot to tell my story. Uh, I'll do the burning first. The burning, I was watching it, uh, rewatching it in the office on a Saturday uh, a few weeks ago uh, in prep for this and the cleaning crew came in but I didn't know they were coming mm. um, the only people that were there were myself and one other gentleman uh, and I went outside uh, and when I came back I let the movie playing um, and when I came back in the cleaning crew mm. um, were just devastated and I look at the screen and I realize that it's the raft scene that's oh, going wow. on when when they walk in with all of their like buckets <laughs> and mops and garbage bags and all these things and they put them down and, and and my desk faces out to the window in the main office so you see you walk into the room and then there's um, like my department is kind of like right there and you see this uh, all of their shit piled up basically on the desk to you know like near mine yeah. and uh, and they're all just staring in disbelief and it was funny when i went out later there was uh two of them were still there and it was a husband and wife and they're very nice people and i i went outside i was getting in my car i was going home and the uh the wife uh saw me and stared at me and then when i started walking towards her she stepped behind her husband <laughs> And Oof. I thought that was I was I was so hurt. It's they like think you're a psychopath. Normal man. people also watch these kinds of movies. Right. Not to say I'm normal because that's a fucking lie. Um, <clears throat> seem pretty normal to me. Yeah. Now <laughs> a lot of people watch them at work. Yeah, not a lot of people <laughs> watch them at work, admittedly. But I guess people that that know me are pretty used to that. Um, the other the story that I had about uh, I wish that Devin was here for this because he he was in the band I was in when this happened. I was. Um, I was probably about 16 years old. I was playing in a hardcore band, and we jammed in our drummer's basement in Brampton, and we were there, and I remember a few, like a couple, no, were they together? I can't remember, but they came separately to the house, and we were jamming, and they come in, and the first guy comes in, he was a guitar player, right? And I'd just seen Maniac for the first time. I was 16 years old. I'd just seen it for the first time. And uh, he walked into the... Uh, house and i remember that our drummer's name was jesse uh super funny guy i've been trying to get him on the show forever so jesse if you're listening come on the fucking show um he's like hey man how are you and he, and the guy says oh i've just been hanging out in the, in the cemetery playing the blues man <laughs> and then um his girlfriend i suppose or someone that he's close with comes in says hello to everyone and listen to us play for a little bit and um they remark that they're going to go back to the cemetery for a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, do not go. Like, have you not seen Maniac? Like, <laughs> do not go. Like, that's not a date spot, you know. Um, and I, I just, uh, that's that moment. Those two moments are, like, connected for me as a result. Like, I, I always think of Maniac and somehow this crazy fucking guy, who actually turns out to be pretty cool, but at the time he seemed pretty creepy, <laughs> um, playing blues in the cemetery on his the electric guitar. <laughs> yeah. 
which I guess also is reminiscent of Halloween because they steal the gravestone, or Michael steals the gravestone. A lot of movies like that, they go to uh, cemeteries, but yeah. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know, it's probably a shit story. I'm sorry, guys. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds creepy. Yeah, I was creeped out big time because I'd just seen the movie, too, like (laughs) a few days before. Um, Madman. Can we talk a little bit about, about Madman? Anybody seen Madman? I have not. I have not either. Neither have I. Oh. Why don't you tell us about it? Holy fuck. <laughs> Jesse, how have you not seen I don't Madman? Know. I have no idea. Because oh, we, like, we need to get our clout up with the, the, the horror aficionados here. Or, you know, they, they, um, Madman uh, is basically... It, it, it's a it's a very low budget film, mind you, but they've got this wonderful kind of blue light that shines behind the killer much of the time, and it, uh, the story starts with this killer, or sorry, like with uh, these people at the camp, which is really weird because there seems to be more counselors than there is children at this camp, mm-hmm. but whatever. I'm um, telling the story about, um, you know, uh, if you. Uh, the, you know the the origins of this killer and if you say his name then he will um he will emerge why am i looking at my phone so if you say madman mar is allowed if you call to him he will come for you in the night and the and then of course so one of the stupid guys is like oh the stupid man you know hey man, you know fuck yells out his name but uh when he does show up it that it, uh, it's a quite interesting film although it it does have this weird mechanism and i don't like it as much as i used to but i think it's one of those ones that achieved like a real cult status um because it, it's almost like it'd be like if you went to the bathroom and then in 20 minutes from now i turn to trevor and go hey have you seen jesse <laughs> and then you say oh i think you went to the bathroom so i go down to the bathroom to check on you and then 20 minutes later East goes to Trevor. Hey, Brandon never came back from looking for Jesse. I'm going to go look for him. And then went downstairs and looked for him. And this happens like over and over and over again. Mm. It's pretty fucking hilarious. But it's a it's a great flick. And I really recommend checking it out. Uh, if nothing more for like what they were able to achieve on that small budget. Very cool. Super cool flick. Check it out. And cool mm. score, man. I really like the music. Again, really minimalist. Almost reminiscent of like Halloween uh, as Carpenter would say, like laying a carpet that you can walk on. You know, it's very good. It's nice. very good stuff. It's fun. Cool. Good flick. Um, I don't know. Well, uh, we uh, let's talk about the um, the Maniac remake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that 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 is one of the best slashers I've seen Great. in the last. Like, oh yeah. Ten years. Absolutely. Let's skip ahead a few decades. Yeah, here we are. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. 2015 or 14, whatever it happened to be. Yeah. Great film. I really, uh, I was shocked how good it was. I did not expect it to be good. Like, I was no. like, okay, here we go. Let's watch this for something to watch. And halfway through, I'm like, holy shit. Even my girlfriend was watching it with me. And she's like, this is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, aside from um, adult film, you don't really see POV movies anymore. You oh, know, you know, it's, sl- it's, slasher it's, movies, it's, it's, it's sort of a lost Well, they do art. that in adult film? Uh, I have heard the ones I watch. Heard. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, how do you guys not know that? I want what? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think they only do POV in porn these days. Actually, I'm yeah. just trying to survive this. If this is a slasher film, oh, oh, you're the virgin that's yeah. gonna survive. Yeah. Yeah. The final bullet. I'm the stoner. I'm, I'm usually. Dead. Or maybe maybe it's like sleepaway camp, except for you know I'm the you, final you, girl. You got a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> My God. 
It's a vagina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, so, Maniac. Yeah, Elijah is just so creepy. Whenever he's like, lo- like, he's like really touching the mannequins and looking in the touching mirror. Touching the hair and stuff. Yeah, it's, it, it's a it, very unsettling movie. I I, uh, I I don't understand why the 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 girl that he befriends really likes him because mm. he seems like such a weirdo. Maybe uh, that's maybe, just, maybe she just wants to him as being very romantic and these sorts of things. I love yeah. it. Yeah, he's like deep and whatnot. Um, uh, I I also like the use of um, uh, making the little homage to Silence of the Lambs with mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the goodbye wild horses song. Yep. And uh, that scene when the girls just... Horses. I can't hear that song without just thinking of that scene. Yeah, I know. Tucking it between the legs there. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Fantastic. My buddy actually uh, answered the door to some uh, canvassers uh, with that song blaring. Nice. Yeah. Um, did he do, do the tuck and everything? Did he do or? the Buffalo Bill? He, uh, he, 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 he uh, sort of... Took off his shirt when he was doing it. So was you want to fuck me? Yeah, I'd fuck me. <laughs> I'd fuck. Me I'd fuck hard. me hard. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into some more in in, in the coming episodes. So uh, for this one, gentlemen, I think it's it's cool to wrap it up. We've talked about some of our favorite golden era uh, slasher flicks from the early eighties. Mm-hmm. There's hundreds more, and we're gonna put a ton of links on our website to check out some of these. Maybe some trailers for some of our favorites and whatnot. And I encourage everyone listening to reach out to us this week at Marvel Podcast, at MRML Podcast, or email us at show at moviesfrommylife.com. Tell us some of your favorite. I love to maybe catch some that I haven't seen in the weeks leading up to Halloween, because this episode's going to drop a few uh, a week before Halloween, basically. Um, I recently, as I mentioned earlier, saw Final Exam for the first time only recently, and Again, another situation with no mask on the killer. I don't know if I particularly liked it all that much, but it was good. It was all right. Um, yeah, so let's wrap it up. Trevor, again, would you mind? Thank you so much for joining us. This was Thanks fun. for having me. This is fun. This is good. And uh, now I, I feel like I have a long list of movies that I have to watch oh, over yeah. Halloween. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Forget about going out to the theater. I got like a million of them. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, uh, no matter how many horror films you see, there's still a whole bunch out there that you haven't You'll seen. You'll never get to all I know. Of them. And it's, it's hilarious that we barely touched on any. I love that we stuck away from, uh, from the big franchises for this one because I feel um, like some of the later episodes we're going to deal with that um so i'm really really happy that you guys were you indulged me with some of the 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 i guess second tier if you will slasher flicks uh of that era um yeah check out some of the italian stuff yeah you know, there's a lot I, I of good should, stuff i should go back especially if you're into interesting kills because yeah. uh they they there was a golden era where they just did really good effects yeah and city uh, of the living dead has one in particular with the drill it's pretty Pretty awesome. Sweet. I'll check it out. Cool. Trevor, can you let us know how we can find you on Ye Old Interweb and utilize Perfect. your website? TerrorInToronto.com uh, and TerrorInToronto on Twitter and, and Facebook and all that. So check it out if you're interested in going out to a movie theater and seeing a film the way it should be. Uh, check it out. And uh, yeah, and uh, definitely support your local uh, cinemas. Um, that's really important because if you don't go out, uh, you're just going to be stuck with what they're serving up on Netflix. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely go out to a theater and see a film, uh, the way it's uh, meant to be. So. I concur. East, how can people find you on yield interweb? Um, well, 
Uh, you can find. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find it. You just yeah. Drunk You're filling power. in for Devin this yeah. week. Um. Uh, hey, uh, uh, uh guys. Uh, <laughs> well, I was kidding. Um. Uh, iTunes, Drunk with Power, it's a thing. Uh, Facebook, that's a thing too. Uh, just type in Drunk with Power, you'll find it. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter, all the major social media utilities. Um, and yeah, Lipson, and for the actually listening to the show, yeah, Lipson and uh, you know iTunes or podcasts for that. Um, and yeah, you can check us out there. I'm at. Uh, at and east for Twitter. Very good. Yeah. Jesse yourself? Uh, apparently my Twitter is at Mr. Magoo Jesse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that MR or M-I-S-T-E-R? MR. MR. Oh, okay. So uh, maybe I'll log in there and see all the messages I've missed in the last two years or whatever. Uh, you can also go to uh, hotwagonfilms.com. I've got a few shorts and things on there that I've worked on in the past. And uh, yeah. Hmm? Thanks for having me out. Sweet. Yeah, man. I We've missed you. I've missed the fuck out of you because I like talking back, to you baby. about... Like, yeah, I know. You're, you're coming back for Hitchcock I'm back for Hitchcock, too. yeah. Oh, we sort fuck that yeah. Out. We got to set up a date for that. Yeah. I wanted that to be number 50 because this, this four-part is 49. I wanted Hitchcock to be oh, 50, shit. but I don't know if we can make that happen. We're going to do it soon because I love that. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I love his entire catalog. And I think our debate is going to be really interesting. Danny's choice is uh, quite surprising. What's Danny's choice? Uh, I'll tell you off there. Oh, very good. <clears throat> I'm at not Brandon Fleet on Twitter. Uh, if you want to reach out to me again, I'd love to talk slasher flicks with you. I'm a huge fan of the subgenre, and uh, they—that's how I kind of get my kicks uh, in terms of horror flicks. I didn't intend for that to rhyme, but it did, so we're gonna go with it. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're into slashers, reach out to me. You can tweet to the show at Mermel Podcast on Twitter at M R M L Podcast, and you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music, uh, every podcatcher that you can think of, pretty much. If we're not somewhere that you listen to podcasts, let us know. We'll get there because uh, we want to hang out with you. And um, visit us at moviesformylife.com, obviously. And please continue this conversation on with us. We got two more episodes to go in this series. And I feel like even when it's done, uh, there's so much more to say on these films, and uh, I think that's about it. All right. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. what the porno name to that movie was. That's same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>